Boy, I sense, I'm sure many of you do, such a soberness on my heart at this time when I watch what's going on around the world, not from a lens of fear, but a lens that has faith in what the Bible teaches will happen in end times. But I've got such a soberness in my heart that, hey, it's real, it's not a fairy tale. Jesus is returning for his church. Now, I've heard that for 40 odd years, but all of a sudden there's such a soberness in my heart. We believe as a church that in the second coming of Jesus Christ, but we also believe in the rapture of the church. We believe that without warning, all of a sudden Jesus will appear in the sky and his church will be called up to be with him for seven years, then return with him to the earth in the second coming. That's what we believe as a church leadership. Now I've believed that for years, but all of a sudden there's such a soberness in my heart. Man, I wanna make, I wanna make sure my life is ready to be collected. Not will I be saved, that's based on what Jesus done on the cross for me. But I just wanna live in such a way. Anybody else sensing this? I wanna live in such a way that if Jesus was to choose tomorrow afternoon to return and suddenly appear in the sky, there's nothing in this life that I'd look back for, that my life would be ready to go be with him. You see, the second coming of Jesus Christ, the rapture of the church, it's not a fairy tale. It's promised in scripture, which means it will come to pass. But like it says in Thessalonians, we're not to scare each other with these things, but to encourage each other with these things. But the reality is, if you haven't got an active relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you should be afraid. You should be very afraid. But the good news, that fear can be removed in one moment of making Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life. Amen? <clears throat> I want to continue today on a subject that could seem strange, but it's really not. I want to talk today about prayer languages. I've heard people share on prayer languages and it's been weird. I don't want to do that today. I want to speak about something supernatural in a way that's not weird so that everyone can enjoy the benefits of something that God has given us to experience. So we're going to continue today our journey called House of Prayer by looking at the subject of prayer languages. If we could just remove a little bit more of the echo off of the stage, that would really help my head. Um, I don't know how you do that. I'm so thankful for all our technicians and guys that do know how to do that. Brilliant. Thank you. Now, we're going to talk today as we continue on our series of House of Prayer by looking at the subject of prayer languages. Now, I say languages because when it comes to our prayer life, our communication with God, there are two different languages a believer can know. How cool are our sound team? Not only did they sort the sound out, they stopped the rain. I mean, <clears throat> these guys are incredible. These guys are incredible here. So when we talk about prayer languages... We say languages rather than language because we believe in this incredible thing called prayer, communication with God, 
there's two different languages of prayer that a believer can know. Number one, we have the ability to pray whenever we want in the language that we've been raised to know. For me, that's English. For you, it may be Africa. It may be uh, one of the languages. It could be Corsa. That's an unusual language, which is a, a sound of clicks. But whatever language you were raised to know growing up is a language that you can use in prayer and communication with God. Now, this is termed in the Bible as praying in our understanding. Why is it called praying in our understanding? Because we understand what we're saying, even if the person next to us who may be from a different country doesn't. We pray in a language that we've known and been taught growing up. For me, that's good old Portsmouth British, which sometimes people say, is that really English or British? I said, yeah, it's the Portsmouth variety. All right, all right. But that's my natural language, and I understand what I'm praying when I use that language. But also, number two, we were a Pentecostal church. We make no apologies for that. As Pentecostals, we believe <clears throat> that God also enables us to pray with another prayer language that is a gift to every believer from the Holy Spirit. And also, not the, but an evidence of his indwelling. We don't believe that speaking in tongues is the sole evidence of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. I've met many Christians who, pray in, who don't pray in the Holy Spirit, but live most beautiful spirit-filled lives. And then I've met Christians that pray a lot in the Spirit, but they live very ugly lives. Speaking in tongues or a heavenly language that the Holy Spirit gives to every believer or makes available to every believer is an evidence, not the evidence. But I believe it's something that God wants us all to know and enjoy. So when we speak about speaking in tongues, we term it speaking in tongues. Other people call it praying in the spirit. Other people term it as using your heavenly language. If you're new to church, again, I want to present this in a way that's not weird or spooky but actually supernaturally empowering for your life, something God wants you to enjoy. <clears throat> now, we believe as a church that what was given and demonstrated in the early church in the book of Acts can be a believer's experience today. Why? Because we're a part of the same church that Jesus opened the doors of 2,000 years ago when he said, I will build my church Here's a key verse when we talk about Pentecost, the early church, speaking in a heavenly language. And it's found in Acts 2, verses 1 to 4. Remember, we're on a journey together called House of Prayer. That's why we're taking time each week to specifically speak about aspects of our prayer life. It says, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house where they were all sitting and divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Verse four, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Now we believe, our Pentecostal belief 
that we adhere to is that this isn't just our theology, it's also our experience. I speak in tongues, I speak in a heavenly language that I received from God, that I believe every believer can receive. So it's not a theology, oh, tongues is available according to scripture to every believer. It's also an experience. Now, I'm not the odd one out in the room. If you speak in tongues, would you lift your hand? Okay. So this isn't Pastor Andy being freaky. This is a part of the inheritance of the Pentecostal church, that what the early church received from the Holy Spirit is available to us today. Now, both prayer languages play a significant part in how we communicate to God. Now, what's prayer? Communication, two-way communication with God. We speak to him and we have the privilege of hearing him respond through his word or through an inner witness of his spirit. God talks back. Now, number one, let's look at praying with the understanding, which is pretty self-explanatory. That's when we pray in a language that we know, that we've been raised to know. This is speaking to God with our own words from our understanding and our reasoning. All right, God, I understand what's going on here. What you need to do is this, this, and this. How many people know that sometimes you telling God how to fix something can be wrong? But what you're doing is you're praying from your understanding of what's happening. Praying with the understanding is when we commit things to him daily, sharing our hearts with him. So every morning I pray in the understanding. I say, Father, I thank you today for the miracles that you've promised me. I thank you today. I commit my wife to you. I commit my children to you, wherever they are in the world. I commit my finances to you. I commit my life to you. My life is all in God. I'm praying that in the understanding. It's a conversation happening between me and God. It's also good for fellowshipping and chatting with God. Remember, God doesn't want you to have prayer meetings at the start of your day and not talk to him for the rest of the day. When you're praying in the understanding, it's moments when I'm driving down the road and I see somebody that's obviously going through something. I'll say, God, touch that person's life, Lord. Step in, make a difference. I get a phone call from somebody and I say, yeah, I know what to pray here. And I'm talking to the Lord throughout the day. That happens with my understanding as well as praying in the Holy Spirit. It's also when we pray prayers like Jesus taught us to in, in Matthew when he said, and when you pray, say the Lord's my shepherd. Uh, not, sorry, that's Psalm 23. When you pray, say my father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. You're praying with your understanding according to what you've read in the word. Now, we don't really do, litur- what do they call it? Liturgical type prayers. That's a big word, isn't it? But maybe you've been a part of a church where the prayer time is led by a priest and he leads you in written prayers. That's liturgical. That means that you're, you're praying prayers written by someone to pray. All of those things are prayed in our understanding. Oh yeah, he asked me to pray this. I'll pray that. Your understanding is what's driving your prayer. But also, Philippine, uh, uh, Philipp, my, my teeth are wobbly this morning. Philippians, I nearly said Philippines because we've got a mission trip going to the Philippines. Philippians 4, verse 6 to 7, says that we're to let our requests and our petitions 
be known. Now, you know your requests and petitions, right? And when you pray with your understanding, you come before the Lord, you enter his gates with thanksgiving, you enter his courts with praise, you commit your ways in your family to him. And the final thing you do in your prayer time is you say, God, I also have these needs and requests. All of these things are prayed using your natural tongue or the language you learn growing up. Now, then we look at the second part, which is what we're teaching on today, <clears throat> which is what we would term praying in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, using your heavenly language, many different descriptions. This is when we're speaking to God, not from our mind, but from the spirit that's united to him within us. We believe that we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. When we pray with the understanding, a lot of the time, even though it can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit, we pray from our mind. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, which is a gift available to every believer, you don't pray from your mind. Your mind is unfruitful. You pray from your spirit. And this is what confuses a lot of people because they don't understand the mumblings that come out of their mouth, they think they're not speaking a language. The problem is, it's their reason that's stopping them just enjoying speaking in tongues. Because when you pray in the spirit, you pray from your spirit, not from your mind. Now, we don't understand the words that we're saying, but we can be assured when we're praying in the Holy Spirit that we're praying the absolute perfect prayer, not one that may fix it for a moment. Because the Holy Spirit knows you better than you. You know that, right? He knows what you need and what you don't. So what does this look like? Sometimes you could be praying in the understanding, God, I just need a Ferrari so I can race around the streets of Portsmouth. That's what I need. I really do need it. I thought about it. That's what I need. Then you pray in the Holy Spirit and you pray, God, whatever you do, don't give him a Ferrari. He will kill himself and someone else. Now, you wouldn't have prayed that prayer because you want the Ferrari. When you pray in the Spirit, you don't pray prayers based on your reasoning, but you pray the perfect prayer based on the Holy Spirit leading your prayer from not outside of you, but within you. A couple of verses we'll look at. Romans 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. Anyone ever been there? But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what's in the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you're not praying in accordance to your will. The Holy Spirit prays through you in accordance to the will of the Father, which means you're praying the perfect prayer, not the temporary fix. Like I said, have you ever been in a moment or a situation when you didn't know how to pray? I, I, I'm constantly in those moments. Something happens, I get a phone call, and I'm like, 
help them, Lord. I don't know what to pray. I don't know the perfect prayer to pray for that person. I'm so thankful that in that moment I can switch from praying in the understanding to praying in the Holy Spirit and pray the prayer that's perfect for everything and everyone involved in that situation. He helps us when we don't know how to pray as we ought. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray the perfect prayer. Not saying that, I'm not saying today that you can't be led by the Spirit in your understanding. I'm, please don't think I'm saying that for a moment. Every prayer you pray, whether in the understanding or in the Holy Spirit, the heavenly language, can be inspired by the Holy Spirit. I think most of the prayers that we pray in the understanding are actually prayers that are inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yet, as well as that, God wants you to enjoy a heavenly language where you don't have a clue what you're saying, but you know you're praying the perfect prayer for the moment at hand. The reason it's a perfect prayer is it's uncontaminated from things that come from your soul. Now, sometimes when you pray, you don't know what to pray. You just know that you need to pray what's perfect, but your mind can get in the way of that. We'll look at that in a few moments. <clears throat> now, when you're speaking in tongues or the heavenly prayer language, it strengthens you. It, number one, it enables you to communicate with God, but it also strengthens you from the inside out. That's why a lot of the times these days, when I look at the world in chaos, I just go in my bedroom or drive around in my car, and I pray because I know that as well as communicating with God, also it strengthens my life. Now the book of Jude, chapter 1 and verse 20, says, but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. Then we look at probably the key chapter on speaking in tongues, which is 1 Corinthians. And I'm going to pick up from what it says in verses 1 to 4 of chapter 14. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially that you would prophesy. For if anyone speaks in a tongue, does not speak to people, for anyone who speaks in a tongue, referencing the heavenly language, does not speak to people, but speaks to God. Now, this whole topic in 1 Corinthians 14 is about the prayer gift of praying in tongues, which is to be used in the church, but also the principles carry over for what we know as the heavenly language of speaking in tongues. So it's not either or, it's both and. It says, follow the way of love, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially that you would prophesy. Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. Isn't that awesome? We utter mysteries by the Spirit. What are mysteries? unknown things now it says the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening encouraging and comfort anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies strengthens builds themselves up 
but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So it's speaking of two spiritual gifts. Prophecy, that when a person speaks by the Holy Spirit a prophetic word, they edify, strengthen, and build up the church, the people. But also Paul is teaching that when you pray in a tongue, you you edify, strengthen, and build up your personal life. That's good, isn't it? So number one of this verse, God allows you to speak mysteries. Again, do any of you ever have a situation where what you're praying for is so mysterious you have not got a clue what to pray? Well, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says you pray mysteries. How can you pray for unknown things with known words? That's why God wants us all to enjoy the ability to speak in heavenly language so that we have the ability to speak mysteries, unknown words into unknown situations. Everybody good? You still with me? Now, it's like plugging your phone in. I, I, I also treat speaking in tongues like plugging my phone in. I unplug my phone in the morning. I use it all day to talk and to do all different things. By the end of the day, the battery at the top says, needs plugging in. When you pray in the Holy Spirit, you plug your life in to the force of heaven where you're strengthened by all strength in your inner man. In the times we're living, I'm recommending to a lot of people speak in tongues more than you've ever spoken in tongues. Because I ain't got a clue what's going on. But when I pray in tongues, I speak mysteries as well as edify or strengthen myself. Now, like I said, it's uncontaminated prayer. Sometimes when we go to pray in the understanding, our prayers can be um, soiled by our own understanding. Things like greed unbelief, selfishness, self-agenda, doubt, sarcasm, all of those things live in the soul of who we are, not in the spirit of who we are in God. When we pray in the Holy Spirit, we pray words that are not stained by unbelief, greed or fear, which makes it the perfect prayer. We've shared with you many times the testimony of what we had to walk through with our middle child, Gabby. Five years, five, six years that journey, where pretty much the first year we didn't have a clue what to pray anymore, unless we got into the mode of replacing our prayers every day. But in that time, me and Gina, we spoke to each other, and at the same moment we said, I really feel the Lord telling us to up our speaking in tongues. And so we did. We both upped our speaking in tongues. I would just say, all right, Lord, subject matter, Gabby. Karabasa, Tikea, Masaya, Karaba, Sondora, Basia. And I would just pray in tongues. Now, that prayer was powerful because it wasn't stained by what I thought God could do. It wasn't stained with unbelief. It wasn't stained with doubt. It was a pure prayer coming from God's spirit joined to my spirit bypassing my mind that always ruins things and bringing a perfect prayer before the Father. Everybody still with me? Okay. Now, we need to understand that there's a difference. This is a big confusion often in the church. 
there's a difference between the prayer language of tongues and the spiritual gift of tongues. The Bible speaks of speaking in tongues, but there's actually two biblical New Testament applications for the gift of tongues. One is a person's personal prayer life, so that you can have this dynamic, mystery speaking, empowering language between you and God. Number two, there's a gift of the Spirit that, like prophecy, is used in church. In that instance, you will hear somebody stand up under the leading of the Holy Spirit. Again, we're Pentecostals, right? Everybody good? And they'll speak in a language that's not known. But actually, it's sometimes known to others because they can be speaking French, German, Spanish. And after that person spoke in church in tongues, a person will stand up and say, here's the interpretation. So somebody speaks something from God to the church. We believe this. Come to Forge, we'll teach you. After somebody's spoken in tongues publicly, there's an interpretation, which is another gift of the Holy Spirit. Nine gifts, nine fruits. But that's different to what the Bible says of what we're talking about today, our personal Holy Spirit prayer language with God. Let me read it to you. It will explain it a lot quicker than me talking. Diverse kinds of tongues and individuals who are spirit-filled praying in an unknown language are two different occurrences. An unknown tongue is speaking directly to God. And we look at 1 Corinthians 14 again. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him except the Spirit. He speaks mysteries. Where what's called using the gift of tongues, which is also known as divers' tongues, whereas divers' kinds of tongues is speaking in another language, such as French, Chinese, Spanish, languages that weren't learned by an individual who's speaking it. Now, the verse that we use here is Acts 2, 7 to 8. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how are we hearing every man in our own language where we were born from? Okay, stay with me. When we speak about talking in tongues, there's a heavenly language that a person can have for their communication with God. But also the Bible refers speaking in tongues in the church. This is when a person will speak a language that's often known by other people from other nations. You say, well, I'm not sure about this. I wouldn't be unless I'd done it. I was in a, a men's meeting once and uh, I just took the mic, took over the meeting, just began to speak in tongues, kabara, just as we were transitioning the service. All of a sudden, Brother Miguel, I don't know if Miguel's here today, Brother Miguel, he suddenly goes more white than what he is. And he said to me, do you know you're speaking in Spanish? Did you learn Spanish? I said, I just about learned English. And that's debatable. He said, you're speaking fluent Spanish right now. And I said, what am I saying? And I kind of expected a few odd words that I would tack together like frog, doormat, broom handle. No, he said, you are clearly speaking in Spanish 
The Holy Spirit says, worship him, worship him. The Holy Spirit says, I remember going to my room that night, opening the book of Acts, and they received the ability to speak in tongues. People from other nations hearing them speak in their dialect. Isn't that wonderful? I was hearing this week of um, some missionaries. Last week when I was in Africa, like you are, right? Um, Last week when I was in Africa, there was these missionaries speaking about how they were in an area where a whole bunch of Italian tourists comes, but nobody spoke Italian. All of a sudden, one of their team began to speak in tongues and preach the gospel in perfect Italian. That's exactly what happened in the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit fell. They said, these people are from Galilee. Why are they speaking in languages they've never learned? Isn't that exciting? See, this is real. That's why I like being a Pentecostal. These things are real. Here's five differences between speaking in tongues as your personal communication with God and speaking in tongues in the church under what we would call the gift of speaking in tongues. You ready? Number one, in the prayer language, you are the one who initiates it. In the spiritual gift, it's the Holy Spirit that initiates it for the moment. Number two, in the prayer language of speaking in tongues, the speaker is the main beneficiary. In the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, other people are the main beneficiaries. So when you speak in your prayer language you got from God, it edifies you and builds you up. When you speak with the gift of tongues to the church, it edifies the church when the interpretation follows. Number three, in the prayer language you are talking to God, in the spiritual gift God is talking to others through you. No wonderful? Very clear definition there. Number four, in the prayer language... You are encouraged to do it all the time. In the spiritual gift, you do it when the Holy Spirit prompts you in a gathering with other saints. Number five, in the prayer language, no interpretation is needed or expected because God is the intended audience. And he understands every groan that you are making. In the spiritual gift... The gift of interpretation of tongues will likely be given so that the people can understand the message and receive what God is saying to them. Now, if you rewind a few years to the Pentecostal church that I was raised in, it was normal during the service for two or three people. I know to the modern church, to those who haven't been saved long, this may seem strange, but this was normal to me growing up I was in a church and somebody would get and fervently speak out in an unknown language that they'd never learned a few moments would pass and then all of a sudden somebody would say the Lord is saying this to his people there was a tongue there was an interpretation we still believe in these gifts in family church you need to understand that Just because we don't do it a lot, you need to understand we still believe in the gifts of the Spirit for the church. Because some kind of say we don't. And I just want to go public and say we absolutely do. Now, being raised in church, speaking in tongues was an everyday thing for the believer. But also a gift that God used to communicate to the church. So, 
The good news is, you know, sometimes people struggle with praying in the spirit and they say, well, I can't pray in the spirit. My answer is you can, you just haven't yet. That's my answer because I'd have to deny the word to give you any other compensation. But when you pray in your understanding, that's powerful. I'm not saying today that we're rating Christians, those who pray in the tongues and those who don't. No, that would be rubbish. It's powerful to pray in your understanding, to be talking to God in the language that you understand. But I also have to say from personal experience, it's powerful to be able to turn off your mind and just let prayer flow from the spirit of who you are, knowing that you're praying a perfect, uncontaminated prayer to the Father. Now, Paul encouraged both. If we're going to make the Bible our final authority, then we have to see that Paul encouraged both praying in the understanding and praying in tongues. Let me read to you again from 1 Corinthians 14. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. This is speaking of the gift of talking of tongues, yet the principles carry over. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. This is Paul. This isn't Andy Elms. This is Paul. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful or doesn't understand. What am I to do? He says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind or my understanding also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. Later on in that chapter, he actually boasts a little bit and says, I pray in tongues more than any of you. Paul says that. He says, I pray in tongues more than any of you, but I would rather we would experience the gift of prophecy in the church that benefits others. Homework, read 1 Corinthians 14 if you're struggling with this. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication or prayers for the saints. All right, so I hope this has been clear today. As a Pentecostal church, we believe that the same that the early church experienced is available to the same church of Jesus Christ today. We believe that speaking in tongues isn't something that they experienced and we don't. Otherwise, I have a huge question, why do I speak in tongues? Another evidence is Jesus said, these signs will follow those who believe, believers. Amongst the list of healing the sick, casting out devils, it says they will speak with other tongues. To remove confusion, there's the personal language a person can have called speaking in tongues. That can't be confused with the spiritual gift the church should know, which is people being able to speak tongues and communicate the thoughts of God to God's people. Everybody clear with me? Now, the gift of tongues, it's a grace gift, just like salvation and righteousness. You don't have to tarry for 20 hours. My kids don't tarry on Christmas morning for their gifts. I just want to tell you that. My kids, I don't come down at four in the morning. Well, I used to come down in the four in the morning and they would buy the tree. 
But they weren't by the tree going, please give us the gifts that are there. Please give us the gifts that are there. We beg you for the... God doesn't want you to tarry, labor, blow a blood vessel to get something that he says is a grace gift to your life. He wants you to acknowledge it's available, like your salvation, receive it, say thank you, and begin to enjoy it. Now, when it comes to speaking in tongues, sometimes it's people's ability to reason that's the blockage. I believe every believer that asks the Lord for the gifts of speaking in tongues gets it because otherwise it would make God a selective God and that's a really scary theology that God would do for some and not for others. Here's the bottom line. There's one superstar. His name's Jesus Christ. The rest of us, we're all God's kids. If somebody will ask God for something, God doesn't save some. He saves all that ask. God doesn't give the Holy Spirit to some, he gives to all who ask. God doesn't give any of his gifts, including speaking in tongues, to a few, but to everyone. So it's not a gift, I violate wrong theology and say it's not a gift for certain people. That's an absolute lie and an excuse. It's something that people can receive, but people are wired differently, aren't they? If you say to some people, come to the front, we're going to pray for you. That's a moment where they can get the release of that which is already in them. You say, already in them? Yeah, nothing's coming down. You see, the Holy Spirit is in you. Who believes the Holy Spirit's in you? Okay. Keep your hands up if you believe he's mute. As in he can't speak. So when you receive the ability to speak in a heavenly language, which is tongues, the gifts of the Spirit... It's not coming from the ceiling on you. It's coming from the Holy Spirit who's in you, who begins to speak through you. Not weird, not spooky. You can start when you want. You can stop when you want. You can sing. You can talk. It's a beautiful thing, a powerful thing. It's also a way that God identifies his people. I remember Kevin Kringle in his book, Relevant Acts, said, What other ways could God have identified you belong to him? Make your head glow red when you're praying? You see, when he stopped Babylon being built, he he confused their language. What God does when we're born again is he unconfuses our language and gives us the ability to still pray in our natural tongue, African, English, Asian, but also be able to pray in an unlearned, unknown uttering now like I said this isn't theology this is my experience I've been I've been praying in the Holy Ghost since I was nine can I tell you the intense moment that I experienced speaking in tongues and how intense it was or should I say how childlike our family had recently got born again they were pub dwellers never been to church they came to a Pentecostal church they were born again filled with the Holy Ghost. My dad began to speak in tongues, not even knowing what he was doing. My mum was in a bedroom frustrated because she was trying. She was praying in a hotel room. Give me the spirit. Give me the ability to pray in tongues. Dad walks in from a walk on a beach and says, that's unusual. I was walking down the beach and I started speaking a language I'd never learned. Mum was not happy. (laughs) So they come home and I'm nine and my brother's about 11 or 12. And I walk in, right, from playing, 
Hawthorne Crescent, Cosham, not somewhere exotic, just Hawthorne Crescent, Cosham. It's where we were living. And I walk in and my mum's hoovering and she's singing in an unusual language. I'm like, that's unusual. That's something I haven't seen mum do before. Nine-year-old, what are you doing, mum? She said, I'm speaking in the heavenly language that God's given me for my prayer life. I said, that's awesome. Can I have it? She said, go upstairs and ask him. Right, oh. So I went up to my bedroom in Hawthorne Crescent, Cosham, knelt by my bed and said, all right, Jesus, whatever you give to mum, I'll have that. Thank you. Instantly, shabarabuso koborteliando kobosalama. My asset was I wasn't making it more complicated than what it should be. Those who come to the Father need to come with childlike faith. Now, here's the great thing about speaking in tongues, all right? That, I'm nine years old. From 16 to 24, we'll call that chapter and he goes evil. Just leave it like that, all right? <laughs> he never took that gift away from me. There were times I got my teeth kicked out in Scotland and I got into some trouble there were times when I feared for my life and all of the cheekiness of it not been to church and talked to God but out of pure fear I remember thinking I don't know if I'm going to come out of this fight (laughs) cheeky I know because the giftings and the callings of God are irrevocable he doesn't take back what he gives Isn't he wonderful? So what we're going to do today, we're going to end this service by just praying and giving people the opportunity just to release that heavenly language. We're not waiting for UPS. It's not coming. If you've received the Holy Spirit, it's here. It's just got to get past your brain. You know, my mum had a very unique gift. My dad will tell you churches in the area used to send people to our house that couldn't speak in tongues and I'd see them sometimes dad I'm telling the truth right there would be like eight of them lined up in my in in my hallway to go into the living room and they'd go in going well I've been saved for 400 years I can't speak in tongues two minutes later mum had a simple way of just saying stop trying to work out what you're saying stop trying to give permission by your mind it may sound like you're a babbling wild um, red Indian from a western you're not meant to understand it it's a communication between you and the Lord if it's a gift of speaking in tongues in the church it's another language that can be understood by a few but if it's praying in a heavenly language it's actually groanings mutterings words if you sit there going well this can't be it because I can't work out what I'm saying you've just robbed yourself of something God promised he gave Like I said, sometimes you can call people forward in church this morning. We're not going to do that. Because sometimes being at the front of a church with someone squeezing your head, saying, come on, speak. For some, may get a kick out of that. Other people like, that terrifies me. And that's why I often say to people, I did what I did. Go home, kneel by your bed and thank the Lord for it and begin to speak. No one's in the room. Don't matter if you do sound like an idiot. You won't. It's God. Because God doesn't withhold any good thing from his children. And he gave it for our benefit. I really hope this hasn't been weirdo hour with Pastor Andy today. 
because this is real and every believer should be able to enjoy not just praying in the understanding of their learned tongue but praying in a tongue they've never learned they can't understand but they have a confidence on praying the perfect prayer I believe we're living in a time when we should be praying in tongues more than ever. I remember there was a time in my life where I was just like, man, I was praying actually in Africa. There was a guy praying and he said, I pray for anyone that's got a halted tongue. And I thought, what's that? It's when your tongue's not doing what it should be. I said, all right, God, I could do with praying in the spirit a little bit more. That instant, I can't stop now. I'm walking. It's just, why? Because we're living in a time where we need mysteries prayed. I can remember one time I was letting the dog out and as I was going to let the dog out for a wee, really romantic, real holy moment, I suddenly realised I was praying in the spirit. I'd woken up praying in the spirit, let the dog out. I wasn't even awake. I'm like, well, that's not bad, is it? When you're fast asleep, your Holy Spirit is still connecting from your spirit to him, even when you're asleep. So I don't know what else to say to you, except it's real. It's there for you if you want it. Some of you right now can just say thank you and begin to speak in tongues. No drama, because it's receiving a gift. Others may want to go home and just do it alone. Do it in the car on the way home. Tell your mind to shut up. This isn't about what you think, it's about what you drink. It's about letting God flow through you. Or if you need to talk to Pastor Sean or Paula, one of the other assistant pastors, talk to them. We're not in a hurry. But we do want every one of you to enjoy this. So if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, let's just take care of you first. You need to. If your life doesn't belong to Jesus, I want you ever so bravely when I count to three just to lift your hand and say, pray for me, Andy. I need God. I need to give my life to Jesus. One, two, three. Anybody today? Okay. Hey, God bless you, sir. One of our team, if you could meet our team at the back, they're just going to spend a few moments, give you a Bible and tell you about how incredible that decision you're making right now just is. Anybody else need to give their life to, to Jesus? Father, I thank you today that this man raised his hand and as he prays that prayer to receive you, receive you, he will. Let the power of heaven fill his life, I pray. Amen. So, best decision ever, team. Make sure you spend time with this gentleman. You got me? Give me a wave. Hello. Best decision ever, team. Nobody going anywhere. Don't move for a moment, please. I want us just to take one moment to stand to our feet. And I'm going to just pray that if you've never prayed in the Holy Spirit, that you would just open your mouth and let it happen right now. We, I was, we were in our worship night last month, and uh, I don't think he's here, but one of our gentlemen that was quite newly saved, didn't understand the things of the Holy Spirit, was, um, was in the meeting, and on the way home, he said to his wife, that was strange. She said, what, love? He said, I started speaking in a language I'd never learned. She said, you just, you just got baptized in the Holy Spirit as in speaking in tongue. It's simple, so simple we could miss it. So what we're going to do is we're going to thank the Lord for the gift of speaking in tongues. And then we're just going to do a quick burst. And I want every tongue talker to let it out. All right, let it go. All right. And if you've never spoken in tongues, 
I want you to open your mouth and just speak and let new language come out. All right? Everybody with me? Because it'd be wrong not to do this, wouldn't it? After preaching, right? Heavenly Father, I thank you that speaking in a heavenly language is a gift from you to all of your people. Lord, I pray right now that hindrances and mental blocks would be removed. And I thank you that as we pray in the Holy Spirit together, tongues would begin to flow from the innermost being of every believer, every follower of you today. Father, we shut our minds off and we just say, no, I want to pray mysteries. Ready? I'm going to count to three. And I say, in the name of Jesus Christ, Receive a gift of a heavenly language, which is a gift from the Father to you to empower your life. Let it rise up in you, break out over your lips, that you'll never be the same again. One, two, three, speak. That's it. Just begin to speak. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's it. I can see people right now speaking in tongues for the first time. It's simple. It's simple. Will not ever meant to be difficult? Come on, just let it rise up. Rise up. Rise up. You're not understand. That's it. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're speaking new tongues. You're speaking new tongues father we loose the tongues of your people we loose the tongues of your people everyone able to speak a heavenly language right now across this room right going to count it down three two one stop see it's under our control it's natural it's a part of who we are